are live. Stock Unlock Podcast, episode number 45. We are going to be going through NVIDIA's earnings today live. This has been backed by popular demand. We are here with Daniel Kronk, which is Canada's number one investing YouTuber, and some random behind-the-desk guy named Jake. My background is mostly in software. We're going to be having a lot of fun today. We do these weekly. The time is a bit unpredictable, so you can hit the Discord link at the bottom to get notified when you go live. It's totally free. And Daniel, I'm going to pass it off to you. I mean, there is a lot going on with NVIDIA. It feels like everyone is talking about this stock. Yes, there is a lot going on. It it was up, I think, at one point, about 8% in after hours yesterday. And I think it's given back all of its earnings, or sorry, its share price appreciation today now. So it's sold off throughout the day. I saw it quoted at around $504 at one point last night. It is now trading for... Let's see, 471 and, and change, 63. So, I mean, it's still a very high flyer, right? You know, if you zoom out, this stock has definitely been going up and up and up. Daniel, do stocks only go up? What's going on here? <laughs> no, they do not only go up. <laughs> what a silly question, Jake. No, I I don't, I don't know. I, I haven't looked at the earnings, to be totally honest with you. I've seen, like, snapshots on Twitter, but... I thought that it would be kind of fun to just dive into the earnings live. We, me and you, you and I, we have no opinion on the earnings. We've not looked at them. So we can dive into them and you'll get our live reactions uh, right here. How do you, how do you, what do you think about that? I am super excited. While you are starting to share your screen and everything, I'm going to give my classic disclaimer. This is not financial advice. We are not financial advisors. This is a bunch of stock nerds talking about stocks. And again, we are just going to be walking through earnings just as we would do when we're by ourselves, we love looking at individual stocks. We are obviously the two co-founders of Stock Unlocked, which is a platform that has over two and a half thousand paying customers across 45 different countries. We take this stuff very seriously and also build software to make this financial data more open. So we thought it would be really fun to just walk through these live. Yeah, Daniel, I'd love to go through your process, you know, see how we can navigate to the investor relations page. And dare I say, we might even try some AI products to analyze some of these just to that would be fitting. Give our viewers some ideas. Yeah, that would be fitting. Also, before we get into it, if anyone can notice anything different about me today, I will give you a thumbs up. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bite my tongue because I want to make fun of you so badly right now. I want to make fun of myself, man. <laughs> What's different about Daniel? Who's going to get bragging, right? Something is different about him today. What is All right? So, when I'm looking for a company's earnings release and I want to find their official investor presentations or whatever, I go to Google and I type in the company's name plus investor relations. So in this case, it would be NVIDIA investor relations. It was the first thing that popped up and now this is where we're at. So the thing that you can do is go to the news and usually there should be news here about the most recent earnings release. However, that does not look like the case with NVIDIA right here, so that is a fail. We are going to go to events and presentations, and then it will be right here. NVIDIA's second quarter fiscal year 2020 financial results. Okay, apparently that is the webcast. We're going to try the next one, financial. I, 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 got, I, got the I got the link for you, so I'll post it in the chat. Thank you. All right. We live, and we do not edit them after. You will also hear the same thing on the Spotify podcast. We are almost up to 100 followers there. So if you're checking us out, out there, thank you so much. Come hang out with us live. Yeah, so 
those are the basically the three things though sometimes if you look at a company's news the earnings release will be there sometimes it's in events and presentations they will be there too and then for nvidia it was on their actual financials page but one of those three links will have it almost all of the time okay so we're on the press release now this is their second quarter fiscal 2024 record revenue of 13.51 billion dollars up 88 percent from q1 wait that's 80? That, yes i percent revenue growth quarter over quarter so, so to back up here, unless if you've been living under a rock, NVIDIA is being touted by every single uh, media organization, anyone who you ask as the future of compute, specifically around AI, uh, GPUs, and people are claiming that they have a huge moat since they are the only company that has the infrastructure to build these out. And I'll be honest, Daniel, we are not a fan of these stocks. We both don't invest in this one, but the numbers are very impressive. Now we'll get to valuation later, but we're not, I'm not trying to crap on NVIDIA here. The performance that they are putting out here is absolutely incredible. Now, that doesn't mean you should run and invest in it. You have to come to your own decision there. But I have the same reaction, Daniel. Just Okay, yeah, we're going to continue. 88% revenue growth from Q1. That's 88% quarter over quarter revenue growth. 101% revenue growth from one year ago. Record data center revenue of $10.3 billion, up 141% quarter over quarter, and 171% from a year ago. So their data center revenue is absolutely exploding, and it's making up the majority of the revenue now. That's about 75% of the revenue. So data center revenue is in high demand. Okay, we have a quote here. A new computing era has begun. Companies worldwide are transitioning from general purpose to accelerated computing and generative AI, said the CEO of NVIDIA. Sorry, NVIDIA. So a new computing era has begun. Looks like almost every company is investing in generative AI. Okay, just going to continue on. During the quarter, major cloud service providers announced massive NVIDIA AI infrastructures. Okay, so it looks like cloud providers are buying up in nvidia's technology in a very big way okay um during the second quarter nvidia returned 3.4 billion dollars to shareholders through repurchasing and through a cash dividend so they're buying back shares and paying out a dividend this is not very much so together i think that is uh it, it's probably like 0.3 percent return to shareholders probably Okay, I saw a lot of people talking about this, though. They announced a $25 billion share repurchase. So they're buying back $25 billion worth of shares with this influx of revenue and cash that they're, they're seeing. So revenue is up 88% quarter over quarter. Gross margin is up 6% quarter over quarter. Operating expenses did not grow. So operating expenses, well, they grew by $100 million, but revenue grew by... 6.4 billion so it cost the company almost nothing to grow the revenue by six billion dollars that is insane net income 6.2 billion dollars up three 200 percent year over year from 2 billion last year and again it cost them nothing to grow that that is ridiculous earnings per share is up okay outlook here nvidia's outlook for the third quarter 
for 2024 as follows. Revenue expected to be $16 billion next quarter, which will be another, what would that be, like 15, 20%-ish growth quarter over quarter again? That's ridiculous. That is so ridiculous. That's freaking ridiculous, man. Okay, I'm not going to get into all this stuff. Do you have any comments, Jake? Uh, nothing else to add here. Just same feelings as you. The growth is absolutely incredible. But valuation aside. Yeah, we're not talking about valuation here. We'll, we'll look yeah. into that. I actually have no idea what my opinion there is right now. So, all right. We're taking a look at the income statement now. I'll zoom in a little bit more. So, this is the revenue. Revenue is basically up that 88% year over year. But take a look at the cost of revenue. It only grew by $200 million. So gross profit is up. Well, gross profit tripled year over year. That's ridiculous. Okay. Again, operating expenses did not really grow. Operating income is up massively year over year. Earnings per share looks like it's 10x year over year. Oh my goodness, man. All right. Balance sheet. Cash is at $16 billion. Accounts receivable, $7 billion. 29 billion in current assets, total assets 50 billion. Liabilities went up by 4 billion though. Interesting. Total liabilities now sitting at 22 billion. No problem though. Company is cash rich. Not everything should be fine there. Cash flow from operations 6.2 billion from, is that correct? No, we'll go down here. Net cash provided by operating activities 6.3 billion versus 1.3 billion last year. So operating cash flow 4x. That's about a it's over 4x. Not bad. And these are not yeah. small numbers either. Like sometimes people will say, okay, if you had made 80 million and then you went, got to a billion, whatever. But these are growing from already billion dollar basis, which is incredible. Yeah. And then take a look at this. Purchase related to property, plant, and equipment, which is capital expenditures, was 289 million. And it actually declined year over year. So they spent less money on CapEx and their operating cash flow 4x. That's. Like, dude, I don't think I've ever seen numbers like this, to be honest with you. I don't think I've ever seen a company go from $1.3 billion to $6.3 billion in cash flow year over year while lowering CapEx. Yeah, I mean, the hype is justified. People are calling this uh, the next internet revolution, so comparing it to, you know, the dot-com era. And an another analogy here, you in a gold brush want to be selling pickaxes and shovels. So you can map that over to what NVIDIA is doing is they are selling the pickaxes and shovels for everyone running to the gold, which is generative AI products. And no companies, of course, are able to make their data centers GPUs. Again, that is what people are calling their moat. So it is very apparent here that they are the industry leader. Everyone's going to them. Well, one weird piece of color here, Daniel, and feel free to go with this so we could just ignore it. A lot of other podcasters and people covering this, there is a small side story here, which is interesting where... Sometimes people can do like double dipping in investing where, you know, you'd invest in a company and then you only let that company buy your product. So NVIDIA is actually in doing a lot of investments in smaller startups and then reserving GPUs and things for them, which is questionably sketchy or legal. Uh, I'm not really too sure about the laws there, but I found that interesting. I'm not mad at them for it. I mean, if you have pricing power, cool, but that is interesting behavior from them where they're not selling GPUs just to anyone, and they're more willing to sell them to companies that they personally have investment in. Which also, just from a capitalist standpoint, is going to benefit NVIDIA greatly if these companies do well. Yeah, they I mean, control the supply of the GPUs. I mean, show me the incentive, right? Show me the incentive, show you the outcome. Yeah, that's becoming one of our favorite quotes. It's so true. 
It's so true. Okay. <clears throat> so I'm just looking at the cash flow now. So keep in mind that NVIDIA just announced that they were thinking about buying back $25 billion worth of stock. They generated about $6 billion in free cash flow last quarter. So on an annual basis, that's about $24 billion now. Next quarter will probably go up. I mean, it could probably go up to like $7 billion, which would be like $28 billion annualized. So if they can keep that up, then they're basically returning all their cash flow to investors now through buybacks. Yeah, it says that uh, their guidance, I believe, assuming the AI program I'm using is right, which we will bounce to in a second. Uh, next revenue guidance for next quarter is $16 billion. Yeah, that's correct. Which is continuing to march up to infinity, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh, uh, yes. This is a great one. I was actually just about to send you this link. So this is a great visualization of what you were talking about, of the absolute monster growth and also the highlight that is coming mostly from their data center. Yeah. So the data center segment, you can see it was $3 billion, hovering around $3 billion, slowly making its way up to $4 billion in the first quarter of 2024 for them, their fiscal quarter. And then this quarter was out of nowhere, just, hey, $10.3 billion. And next quarter, it's it's probably going to be like 13 billion. So yeah, people are spending money on data centers right now. Gaming is up too, about 10% quarter over quarter. Professional visualizations up about 20%. Auto is actually down. But yeah, the growth is basically coming from data center revenue. Yeah. One interesting thing is the gaming was actually a lot higher um, back in time. Not that this is, you know, something to harp on, right? You know, it's not a huge percentage, but yeah what would happen there someone yeah. in the, we have some people in the comments here if nvidia keeps this up the valuation isn't expensive which is crazy to think about and then also worst time to buy back shares uh, what, what do you think about that last comment daniel worst time to buy back shares i mean what is nvidia's market cap today now 1.2 trillion one two trillion divided by 28 in annualized cash flow 43 times cash flow um, 100 divided by 48 is about a 2% return. So if they bought back all of those shares, it'd be about 2% returned to shareholders net. So the shares outstanding would decline by 2%. That's not amazing. I, yeah, I, I don't think that's an amazing time to buy back shares either. Well, also because they're, well, I guess this is up for debate. Their valuation seems high, but of course there is a crowd of people who are like, this is literally just the beginning like you guys are all sleeping on this which is a similar conversation that happened to tesla back in 2017 2018 you were like you guys are sleeping on this you don't understand what this company is going to become and the moat that they have and to take you know to give credit where credit's due you and i daniel probably would have been saying that uh so we're not always right there but i te i tend to get spooked by the stocks where everyone's talking about it i'm not here to bash in it i'm not here to say if it's good or bad an investment but at this point Everyone's looking at it. What am I going to see that other people aren't? And there's tens of thousands of other stocks out there. I think one thing that could be fun to do here is a discounted cash flow analysis, Daniel, and maybe a reverse one. And maybe yeah. we'll, uh, coming up, I can show off an AI program that I've been using, which is free. I have some stuff to share still. Oh, go for it. Okay. I'm excited. <laughs> okay. I guess first thing. What was I going to say? Oh, man, do not lose this thought. Okay, so there's like seemingly an arms race for AI right now. Everyone is buying NVIDIA products. Immediately, well, what I try to do is I try to look at the risks 
So as we saw with, as you pointed out with the gaming sector or section of the business revenue, how it exploded in 2022 and then it fell off 50%. I think that was mostly because of what was going on with Bitcoin and also people being at home upgrading their computers. So they saw a massive surge in buying and then it came back down. My question is, is that happening now? Are all of these data centers being built out? Everyone's buying NVIDIA chips as fast as they possibly can. But then what happens when everyone who is going to buy one has one? What is the lifetime value of those chips? Are they going to last five years? Do you need to buy another one in the next five years? So like, is this a massive surge? And then it's going to do what Bitcoin did when everyone was buying Bitcoin or NVIDIA GPUs to mine Bitcoin? Like, I don't know. I can give you a good bear case, actually. So a lot of people are buying these because they're running AI algorithms on it, uh, neural nets, whatever you want to call it. And that takes up a lot of compute, obviously. So uh, what I can add from the software side of things, because that's where my expertise is, these algorithms that are running uh, uh, these models are getting better and better every day. Perfect example, the Facebook Llama model was leaked. And then in the open source community, people took that from needing to run it across several GPUs to the point where you can run it literally on just your laptop. So there's a competing force on the other side of this where the, I'm trying to word this not too technically, the the code in the AI that's running on these chips is also constantly getting optimized to run more and more efficiently. So it's up for debate if the optimization of these algorithms is going to go up, meaning it needs less and less compute faster than you know these chips are being created. I have a prediction and I want to bookmark this because if I'm right, I'm going to feel really great in about five or 10 years. I'm predicting GPU graveyards in 2030. Really? It'll be the term GPU graveyards. Technology advances very quickly. It advances on Moore's law. There's a lot of people who are investing in this that don't understand how the software works. They're just going after the hype. And my personal opinion is this is going to go on. I don't know for how long they have a real moat. They're going to keep making revenue. It's a bonanza. It's going to be a case study, I think, even at business schools in the future, right? Like you cannot take away all the credit they have is a huge question mark to me if they're going to be able to keep this competitive advantage and where compute's going to be at and the efficiency of the algorithms running on it. I'm not making a claim there's not going to be a need for compute, but just as you're saying, Daniel, it will be very interesting seeing where those graph lines cross in terms of the amount of compute needed and the constant deceleration of the amount of compute that the AIs uh, require to run as they get more and more efficient. I I'm So yeah, light prediction, I wouldn't put all my money on it. Okay. But GPU graveyards, 2030, that's going to be a term in the news. You heard it? But yeah, right. Talk, talk at 45. <laughs> I guess we'll see. But yeah, my, I just, I guess I just don't understand enough to know if this is just like a big spike in revenue or if it's actually going to continue that upwards trajectory for a long time. What I do know is a, a lot of companies, even startups in our space, are trying to invest in AI in some way and figure out AI in some way. So it's, in my opinion, it's the hype right now, man. It, it, everyone's trying to buy it. Is that hype going to last forever? That is the big question mark for me. I have no freaking clue. So now let's get to the thing that I wanted to share with everyone. So keep this in mind. NVIDIA doubled revenue quarter over quarter. Revenue is just exploding right now. So I saw this tweet that I think is just worth explaining. This is Cisco's annual revenue over time. And for those of you who do not know, Cisco, I believe, became the largest market cap company in the world during the, t during the tech bubble. 
And if you take a look at its revenue, it went from 1.3 billion to 23, well, 22.3 billion in 2001. So over seven years, their revenue grew. Let's just call it 20x, basically 20x. And from 1997 to 2000, their revenue tripled from 6.4 billion to about 19 billion. So, I mean, that's not bad. That's not bad. That's kind of the similar thing that we're seeing with NVIDIA right now, right? It's just like this ridiculous, ridiculous growth. Now, take a look. If you go to Stock Unlock, this is Cisco's stock price. Unfortunately, we don't have the data pre-2000, but this stock was all the way up here at about $80 a share, and then it fell 85% from, what was that? The beginning of 2000 to September of 2009, the stock fell 86%. Now, what's interesting is if we go back and take a look at Cisco's revenue from 2000, when the stock peaked at $19 billion, or sorry, when the stock price peaked, the company did $19 billion in revenue. Then in 2001, the stock fell 85%, but their revenue still grew to $22.3 billion the next year as the stock price fell 85%. And then you can see here, you know, this the revenue did fall a little bit, about 10% over the next couple of years. And then the revenue grew all the way to $40 billion by 2008. So the business over the long term did still continue growing. The revenue doubled from 2000 to 2008. But if you take a look at the stock price during that time, from 2000, I need to zoom out actually, from 2000, peak here, to let's even go to the end of 2008. To the end of 2008, well, let's go to 2007, why not? It still was down roughly 60%, even though the revenue continued growing. And this is what happens in the market when people get very excited about stocks and they run and run and run. And, you know, just because the revenue is growing doesn't mean the stock will continue going up forever. So this is my worry right here is maybe things getting a little bit expensive. <laughs> so in other words, are you saying that the future cash flows or revenue of this business might be priced in even if they continue to execute well? I mean, it's not, it's, it's not a zero risk factor. Yeah, for sure. As stock prices go up, the risk of that happening, it goes up. The risk of a, the risk of a stock actually increases when the stock increases. And if the stock price increases much more rapidly than the underlying fundamentals of the business, then that risk grows wider and wider. So would it be worth doing a DCF on this one? Or are we like beating a dead horse at this point? Well, we don't. I don't think Stock and Lock will have the most recent data because it was just released. Fair enough. Yeah. Well, one other comment I had here, and then um, we can just we can ask the chat actually if they want to see the AI tools or not. Um, that would be fun. Yeah. Let us know in the chat. I have a window up where you can upload earnings reports and stuff into an AI chatbot and ask it questions, which I find to actually save a lot of time. So if you're interested in seeing that, let us know in the chat. If not, we will move on. The other comment I had here, Daniel, is there's a lot of different stocks you can get involved in for AI. So I'm almost viewing this as like a two-phase uh, entry point, and maybe it'll make more sense as I explain that. So NVIDIA, pick and shovel play, right? You also have companies that are using 
AIs, uh, or sorry, APIs, uh, as well as cloud compute. So Google, Microsoft, Amazon, and they're all also offering services where, for example, at Stock Unlock, if we were to build an AI service for our customers, which we might do, we would not buy a GPU from NVIDIA. We would go to a cloud service provider or open AI or something and leverage their API. Now, of course, they're the ones then buying from NVIDIA, right? So I'm not saying one entry plays better than the other, but I think there's a lot of overlooked second tier opportunities here for the companies that are selling the derivative services that are built on top of the GPUs that are still in very high demand. Since when you come down to consumer applications and even businesses building internal tech for their own organizations, they're still going to be spending a lot, in my opinion, to access these, in, not directly through NVIDIA, but through the cloud service providers. Yeah, I agree. I haven't bought an, a new NVIDIA graphics card in like three and a half years, so I'm not buying them. All right, Pat, Patrick Boyer wants to, us to move on. You know, I respect your opinion. We really appreciate seeing you here every week. Yes, we have. We've been going for a while on this one. Uh, Rob H., I would love to see that AI tool. All right. This is something new. Hopefully this will help you out. I'm going to share and do this pretty quick. And Daniel, maybe we can queue up some stocks. We have been getting a lot of great suggestions here. Uh, so I'm sharing my screen. Boom, boom. Okay. So what I won't show, and you can go back to the beginning of the episode, is Daniel walked through how to go through NVIDIA's website, and you can download their investor relation report. So my favorite AI program is Claude. It is from a company called Anthropic. You can just type in Claude AI or Anthropic. In the United States, it's free to use. I believe you need to use a VPN to fake that you're in the United States to use outside. But one of the reasons why I really, really love this AI is you can upload files to it. So you could see up here the two PDFs. Uh, this little button down here will let you upload files. So what I did is I uploaded the two files and I gave it a really generic question to start off. And Daniel, this is actually how I knew that their outlook was 16 billion because I just asked a simple question, what are the big highlights? So after you upload these, you could actually like walk through different questions here in the AI. So let me see. What are some future stock prices that we can see if this stock keeps growing? And tell me more about their gaming sector. We're not going to go too deep into this, Daniel. I'm almost done, but you, your, your brain kind of starts to run wild as to how you can use this. So a good example of how I would use this is don't give it 100% trust. What I will do is upload full... SEC filings, things that are 120 pages long, stuff like that, and even ask it what page to find things on. Like, oh, I want to see where they talk about share buybacks. Like, when you give me the, your answer, please include page number citations from the files I uploaded. And it will give you pretty good answers, in my opinion. And it's really helped me save time traversing through reports as well as looking for some pretty bas basic data that would just take me a little time to literally scroll through. And this, is sa and this saves me time. So we're living in the future. What's funny is we're doing Inception here because these are probably running on NVIDIA GPUs to have created this model and everything, which is like actually really funny. Uh, so this is huge Inception moment. But anyways, I'll rest my case there. I would def I definitely recommend checking it out. It's really worth you learning how to use these. They're not going away. And they personally saved me a lot of time. That's it. That's the AI tool. Wow. Thank you for sharing, Jake. Incredible presentation. All right, let's move on to some stocks. And one that I am interested in 
is Nike. We've actually been getting asked about this one a lot. So let's take a look. I'm happy you're doing this, Daniel, because I saw the stock dropped a lot. And I have not had time to look into this stock. I do not own it. But Nike is a very big brand. And I don't see them going away. I think they're a big brand, too. So when, I agree with you. Yeah. So when stocks drop, obviously, there's a lot of research to do. But I'm excited to see you walk through it here. What's going on? Okay. So we're taking a look at Nike. Here we can see that back in uh, 2000, it was a $7 stock. The company is now up roughly 1,400%. It has massively outperformed the S&P 500. So the stock historically has done very well. And I can see why people are interested in this one with it being, you know, a huge global brand that basically everyone knows about. I don't know a single person that would, that would not know what Nike does. So yeah, interesting stock. Free cash. They, they sell like food or something. Free cash flow yield is 3.2%. Immediately that it's not very attractive to me right now. Price to free cash flow is 31. That kind of looks like it is on the higher end. So let's take a look at their financials pretty quick here. Go to the income statement in the trailing 12 months. So revenue has been consistently growing for decades. In 2003, they did 11 billion in revenue. In the trailing 12 months, they've done 51 billion. So let's just say they have 5x revenue over the past 20 years. And revenue is currently sitting at an all-time high. The trend is continuing to go up, it looks like. So then my next question is, let's take a look at the cash flow. What is cash flow doing? So the cash flow is seemingly more cyclical than the revenue. The operating cash flow clearly has these bumps in it, whereas the revenue is kind of just going up in a nice trend. Cash flow isn't that bad right now at $5.84 billion too. Stock-based compensation also isn't massively high, about $760 million, which is about, about 15% of the overall operating cash flow. Looks like they buy back a lot of shares. Looks like they basically spend all their free cash flow on share buybacks, actually. Yep. So this is interesting. Let's zoom in. Well, the company generates $5.8 billion in operating cash flow here. We can then see that they spend about $1 billion on CapEx. So they have free cash flow of $4.8 billion. They then pay $2 billion in dividends, which would leave them with about $2.8 billion of cash left over in free cash flow. And then they bought back $4.8 billion in stock. So the math there doesn't really add up. That means they're probably taking on debt to buy back additional shares. Because the share buybacks and the dividends paid is about $6.8 billion, which is $2 billion higher than the cash flow. Yeah, Either that or they have very large cash reserves. Yeah, or they could be using cash. That is correct. They could be using cash. And their cash is going down. So, yeah, they're probably using cash. You're, you're probably right there, Jake, actually. Yeah, you're right. Liabilities haven't really been growing, actually. So they're using their cash position. Cool, cool. That's actually not that bad. Okay, so one thing I also want to take a look at, then, is the company's operating income. In the trailing 12 months, operating income peaked in 2021, and it has now come down from about $7.3 to about six billion so it's come down by about 20 percent okay so revenue is going up kind of looks like profits are not going up though so let's take a look at how the company is currently priced today 
one thing I noticed is that when I took a look at the price to free cash flow, there's these massive spikes. So I don't love to see this when I see massive spikes like that. I prefer to take a look at a metric that's a little bit more stable. So I would go and take a look at their price to operating income. And it looks a little bit more stable. Also, let's take a look at price to EBITDA. Is it more stable? Not really. I would prefer price to operating income in this case. So if we take a look over the past decade-ish, from about, let's just do there. Sure. Average price to operating income is about 27 currently trading for about 25. So I don't know. It doesn't look to me, it doesn't look like it's super cheap right now. Price to what I'm having is it's like if they're constantly buying back shares, they would appreciate naturally if they keep things constant, right? So I wonder if like the free cash flow yield is a good signal here or not. That I'm sorry, could you elaborate on that? Like, well, I guess I would need to look at the amount of shares they're buying back, right? But like if a company is aggressively buying back shares, even if their revenue and profitability is staying constant, the share price naturally, if the market cap stays the same, would go up because there's less shares. In the yeah. Feel free to disagree. I mean, what do you think about that? Oh, that's correct. Yeah, uh, no, you're right. I mean, you can take a look at the shares outstanding. And they should be going down. They are going down. They're going down at a rate of about 1.8% per year. All right. Nothing too crazy. It's not, it's not crazy. Like, And that's the thing, right? Is if you're trading for a high price to free cash flow, which in my opinion, Nike kind of is. It's a 30 price to free cash flow today. That's a free cash flow yield of, what was that, like 3%. So this is the amount of cash right here, 3.2% on the share price or on the valuation today. This is how much the company can organically return to you through dividends or buybacks, unless they want to take on debt. But organically, like this is your return right here. This is how much cash it can give you. So they, if they were going to buy back, you know, 6% of their shares, but they're only generating a free cash flow yield of 3.3%, then they either got to continue burning up their cash to do that, or they have to take on debt to do that. So this is why it's just, I would say to me it's not an attractive price because 3.3% to me is just not that attractive, especially when a 10-year bond is giving you 4.2% now. So you actually get a higher return buying bonds right now. So, yeah, that's kind of my opinion on, on Nike. It's just not that cheap right now. Not cheap enough for me to be excited or or want to buy it personally. Do you know who this is? A certain popular YouTuber that we all know just started buying Nike. I don't know. Uh, tell us who that is, Rob. Nike is trying to stay clear. Uh, Nike is trying to clear the inventory since COVID has made a pile up. Okay. I've actually heard murmuring of that. I was reading a newsletter I liked the other day, and I did not confirm this for myself, but they're saying that a lot of retailers that are reporting earnings are sitting on mounting inventory, and they're also citing that the consumer is spending less. So... Again, hearsay from what I'm reading on the internet, but if that is true, it might also hint at a weakening U.S. consumer. People have been screaming recession for a while. I mean, I know that we don't like to bet on where the macro is going, but if that does play out here, and obviously Nike makes most of their money from selling to consumers, yep, you know, it might be good to be patient. But 
I agree with your sentiment here, Daniel. Like, I, I love the company. It would be cool to own. But after seeing you walk through that, and like, I would want to go through their investor relations page, see like what their future plans are. Like, the only way that I would want to buy the stock is if I was convinced that they were building on things or investing in a way where they were going to make a lot more cash flow and growth because I like to invest in growing companies. Yeah. So if you watch my, my personal channel, then the last two videos I've been talking about the three M's as I'm calling them right now, it's the moat management and margin of safety. Nike, I think has a moat. I think they're one of the strongest brands in the world. I definitely think they have a moat. Management, I would need to do more research on, but stock-based compensation isn't insane. So I would lean towards them having good management. Margin of safety. That's the hang-up for me right now. Nike, I do not believe is selling for a margin of safety. You can get a higher return buying bonds right now. And when you're... That's the risk-free rate, essentially. The, the bond yield tells you, okay, this is the floor that investors should get whenever they take on an investment right now because... You can get a 4.2% return with zero risk, zero risk buying a government bond. So therefore, when I take a look at Nike at a 3.3% free cash flow yield, that's below bonds. That means I'm actually getting a lower return for taking on more risk. So to me, that doesn't really make sense. I want my stocks to have higher yields than bonds. So I'm actually being compensated for the risk I'm taking on. And that's... By the way, that thinking comes from The Intelligent Investor. I did not come up with that. That is Benjamin Graham who wrote that in The Intelligent Investor, thinking about a margin of safety. So that's what I apply to my own investing. And Nike is just missing that last M right now. If it comes down, then maybe we'll take a take a deeper look. But right now, it's not there yet. I like that. The three M's. One better than M&M's. Yep. Yeah, that's easy to remember. Okay. Rob is ignoring your suggestion of letting us know who the YouTuber is that's buying Nike. I would want to go take a take a look at the video. But Rob also says Crocs is at a much better valuation than Nike. And Captain Strange also said Crocs is more attractive than Nike. So we got a couple comments on Crocs. Let's take a look. What is their kicker? Crocs, it's one of those companies that surprises me because I remember, maybe it was like a decade ago or something, like they came out with those shoes and I told myself, I was like, this is a fad. But it's obviously not. So I mean, it could be. It still could be. They've been around for a long time, but... I don't know. I, for me, uh, maybe I'm making up my own definition that at this point. Like, fads are short-term, they're spiky, and I wouldn't imagine a like huge business be able to be built around a short-term fad, but... I agree. I stand corrected here. Also, that Insight score... Is high. Yeah, that's what I'm wanting to take a look at here. So Crocs has an insight score on stock unlock of 4.27, which is pretty high. That's I don't usually see stocks up there. So we can see their financial health score is 2.2. Not the best. Current ratio is not amazing. It is above 1, though, 1 1.65. It's not bad, just average. Intangibles, company does have a lot of intangibles on the balance sheet. Shares have also increased slightly. Debt to EBITDA is not bad company does have negative tangible book value though so some things here to look at regarding intangible assets company's growth score is 4.88 almost a perfect five revenue is grown by 37 percent gross profits up basically all profits up as well 
So profits are growing with the revenue. That is good to see. Profitability is also 4.2. Very good. Gross margin is 55%. That's actually very impressive. 20% free cash flow margin for a retailer. Not bad. Management score, 4.8. Nice. Okay. Stock-based compensation is low relative to revenue, operating cash flow, and free cash flow. And the business is investing the money apparently very well. ROIC of 27%. So management looks like they're doing a pretty, pretty dang good job. Do you own any Crocs, Daniel? Like stock or product? No, the product. Well, the answer is no to both. So I should have just said no, but... <laughs> I, I I don't either. I have a friend, though, who I swear he will wear Crocs to his wedding. It's hot. Yeah, he's a big Crocs fan. Okay, this company has a free cash flow yield of 12.6%. That's not bad. Price to free cash flow of 8 Not bad. All right, let's take a look at the income statement now. So something happened to this business. It looks like in 2020, really, you know, its revenue didn't do anything from 2014 to 2020. So for literally six years, the revenue did not grow. And then in 2020, something happened where its revenue just started exploding. And now its revenue went from 1.24 billion. It's tripled to one or sorry, 3.9 billion. So that happened. And then if we take a look at cash flow, the company basically went from honestly kind of, I don't want to say kind of struggling, I guess, to produce operating cash flow, about $70 million in operating cash flow per year, which did not grow for over a decade, by the way. So there was a decade of like no profit growth at all. And then out of nowhere in 2020, profits went from 70 million 10x, 14, sorry, 12x to 850 million. And they're at an all-time high now. So, yeah, something definitely changed in 2020. I don't know what it was. I would want to know what it was. Someone in the chat said they bought Hey Dude. This is out of my realm of competency. I actually do not know what that is. And I have to bring up this comment because it just made me laugh so much. They sell plastic. Of course, they have a good margin. I mean, fair. Very funny. Very funny. I mean, yeah. Oh, Grape Jelly seems to be an investor here. I bought Crocs at $47, believe it or not. Well, congrats. If you're still holding, gains, gains, gains. Love to hear uh, what made you buy at that time. Yeah. Okay. So my, my opinion, I don't know very much about this business, so keep that in mind. I am... A little bit skeptical. What do you, what, why? I just don't know if the Crocs brand has legs. You know, I don't know if it. I don't know if in five years that massive spike to revenue that we just saw is going to remain. I have no idea. Yeah, I'm more so going to put a question mark for myself. Like I, I don't have feelings other than I would have to look at it more. But yeah, brands are really confusing because i feel like it's a big gray area of argument where you can you know how big is a brand at what point does a brand become a moat exactly it's a challenging thing i mean we, we can like you know get a little academic and try to define it but i think at the end of the day people will come to their own conclusions there one thing i know is like everyone knows crocs i see them all the time i don't think they're going away i think more of the question for me is like we see all that growth and it's like is their growth story over or is that going to continue
Yeah. Oh, I agree. One quick thing, Daniel. Normally we go for an hour here. I'm not sure where you are at. I have our first stock unlock engineering final round interview in 15 minutes. It's all prepped and everything, but I'm going to have to run in about five. So I just wanted to give you a heads up there. I know we talked about the, this in the past. Thank you to over 40 people that applied for this role. We had a lot of great applicants. You might see I look a little bit tired. Did 17 phone screens in the past week, and we have five people that are on the final round. And we're just very grateful that there's so much inbound interest. It's a really fun to scale the company. And not to vent here, Daniel, where I think we've hit the limit of what two people can handle here. You, you, you all like stop and lock too much. You're telling too many of your friends. We're not upset about it, but we are we are set to scale. We feel that we almost had went into maintenance mode and we are doing everything we can and we're confident we will execute on it well to start bringing back features at the cadence we were about a year ago. I can't wait. That being said, if anyone's looking for a chief of staff role, someone that can come on part-time hourly work, people that could wear many hats, whether you're good at email marketing flows, a little bit of customer service, helping us do some automations, we're looking for the right people to help us grow. We got some cash in the bank and this company is scaling. So if that sounds good to you, you can reach out to us, uh, Jake or Daniel at stockandlock.com or the support email. Uh, I'm done with the advertisement for recruiting. <laughs> yeah, I've had, I'm, I'm excited to grow the team a little bit. As you said, Jake, we've been kind of in maintenance mode right now, which is why we haven't been able to release a ton of features quickly like we used to. And that's about to change. So I'm happy that's about to change. Do you want to know what else we're going to Stock and Lock will will continue improving at a very fast rate again soon, which I love. So Do you want to know what else you're going to grow? My beard back. Grow back that beard. So you missed it. We asked at the beginning of the stream what happened <laughs> with Daniel. The meteorologist, uh, thank you, we see you here every week, was the first person to point it out. I saw Sophie. I saw a few other people that also nailed it. And... Before the stream, Daniel and I like to talk a little bit, you know, just get the vibes uh, flowing before we hop onto the stream. And I, I, in a friendly way, made fun of him a little bit. But, I mean, what a what a young stud. I mean, you lost five years <laughs> off your life from the video that flowed. So I was telling Jake that my girlfriend, Shelby, she sometimes complains about the beard and how pokey it can be, you know, rubbing and when you're cuddling and whatever. So I shaved the beard and, you know, I haven't done that in like five years. Personally, I do not like this. So I'm, I'm speculating that when she gets, when she gets home from work and sees this, I look like a 20 year old again. She's never going to complain about the beard again in her life. And that will be a thumbs up from me. <laughs> so yeah, it's this is one, this is a one time thing. Everyone take your screenshots. Take <laughs> I think that we might see some uh, baby face Daniel memes in the stock and lock discord. I love it. Okay. David Frank says, Daniel and Drake, great live stream so far. Thank you. What's the best way to reach out to you guys? Best direct contact email. I've got some ideas for great content. Jake, I, it looks like you are typing in the chat. Drop my email in the chat. I, I will sacrifice my own email there. Daniel has actually been, bless his soul, carrying a lot of customer service. One of the reasons we're looking to automate that out because it's gotten to a point where it just takes a lot of our time but feel free to send those inquiries to me and if it's meant to go straight through to daniel i will proxy it over to him well what are you laughing about just some people are making funny comments <laughs> uh you know how about this one last comment and then i am going to have to bounce uh, i will not be late for this interview because of 
stock unlock podcast. Jake and Daniel, are you guys holding cash a bit more with consumer spending clearing slowly? Clearly slowing. Oh, clearly slowing. I'm not dyslexic. It's fine. So, I mean, I'll answer this quick. I don't. I don't change my cash position relative to consumer spending specifically. What I will say is I'm more of like a spray and pray investor. So I feel that there's been a lot less deals in the market. The last six months, I was putting a lot more cash in, I'd say earlier this year. So my cash position has been building. Uh, actually going to probably park some of that in maybe 4 or 5% yields. Uh, I should have done that already, honestly, just to get a little bit more. But I'm being a little patient. I'm dollar cost averaging just into a one or two stocks, especially in, you know, accounts for my Roth, which in the USA, it's a tax, tax safety account for retirement. So yeah, no big moves. The cash position's definitely going up a bit, but we'll, we will see what happens. Yeah. feels like things have gotten a little bit expensive. NVIDIA is carrying like the entire market. Yep. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah, same. I, my cash position actually dropped over about the past two weeks. And that is because equitable you're bank. <laughs> you're going to the club? Nope. <laughs> no, equitable bank dropped. It lost all of its all of its earnings gains. I thought the earnings were incredible. We covered them on the live stream here a, a couple of weeks ago. And the stock, like, right back down. So I, I bought, I nibbled a little bit more of that. I've also been adding some more stocks like Alimentation in my portfolio. It was in a little bit of a dip, so I use that as an opportunity to buy some more shares. And I haven't had a lot of cash coming in, Jake. So naturally, the cash position has gone down because of that. You know, life life likes to hit me pretty hard once in a while. Buy our stuff. Go to stock and lock and buy our stuff. This year has been a pretty hard life smack, so... I've had uh, I've had some trouble this year really adding cash for the portfolio, which sucks. It's life happens, but yeah, hoping that trend is stopping. Daniel, I am sadly going to leave you here. Uh, let me know if you want to hang out if we should end, but I'm going to run to this interview. Should we close up? Or you want to hang out and take a few more? Yeah, we can close up. I should get back to work. Yes, uh, no shortage of things to do here. That has been a wrap for Stock and Lock podcast number 45. If you're listening on Spotify, come give us a live view on YouTube sometime. If you're watching on YouTube, leave us a thumbs up. Let us know what you think. Drop your questions in the comments. And it is great to see you all. I literally just realized, Daniel, that we said we were going to take a comment from last stream and analyze it. And we messed that up. But we should do that next time. So if you are recommending a stock and we haven't gotten to it, please drop it on the YouTube video and... Even though we lied last time unintentionally, we will do it at the start of the next stream. So take it easy, everyone. I'm going to hit the end broadcast button. All right. Goodbye, everyone. See you next week. Go to the Discord if you want to talk to us as well and drop your stocks in there too. Peace. Get back to work. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Okay.